Hello, good morning. This is Rick Pina, and I'm bringing you today's word for June 23rd, 2023. You know what? I'm fired up this morning. I'm pretty much fired up every morning. I never need anybody to pump me or to prime me. When I get up every morning, when my feet hit the ground, I know that my calling is calling me. And I pray that you would walk in that same level of insight and wisdom, revelation, knowledge, and understanding. The Apostle Paul prayed for the believers in Ephesus. In Ephesians chapter 1, verses 17 and 18, he said, I'm praying for you that the eyes of your understanding would be enlightened or flooded with light so that you would know what is the hope of your calling and the exceeding great riches that we have in heavenly places in Christ Jesus towards usward who believe. My prayer for you is that you would know who you are, that you would know what God has called you to, to do and to be, that, that you would understand that you have a divine purpose, that you would walk in that purpose, that you would embrace the grace, be free from performance-based religion so that you can be the man or the woman that God is destined for you you to be. Man, I'm so excited about this word this morning. I'm talking about resting in God. I'm talking about the grace of God. So we're in the middle of a series. Actually, this is uh, more than three weeks now into this series where we're studying the parables of Jesus. And we're starting with the parable of the sower. So this is part 18 of the parable of the sower. And the title of today's message is The Importance of Resting in God's Word. Put this in the chat. I, I learn how to rest. Put this in the chat. I enter into God's rest. When we start to rest in God, rest in his word, then God is free to do what he destined for us to do. And he will do it through us. He will give us the words and he will perform the work. But say this, say, Lord, I'm open to you. Get ready to receive the word. All right, so listen, before we get into the word, this is a scripture that at church we've been meditating on all year long. Uh, we believe that this is a season of refreshing and restoring for us. And so I want to share this scripture with you. Actually, I just prayed this scripture over some people. The Bible says, now Psalms 126 and verse 4 from the Passion Translation. Now, Lord, do it again. Say, Lord, do it again. Restore us to our former glory. There, there's a marriage that we just prayed for that 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 is not at a state that it once was, right? And so sometimes we got to pray for the Lord to do it again, to restore us to the former glory. And in this season, we're praying that God would actually not just restore us to that glory, but take us to another level of glory. May streams of your refreshing flow over us until dry hearts are drenched again. Put in the chat, no dry areas for me. I don't want any dry areas of my life. If there's an area of my life that has gone dry while I'm walking with God, this is a season for God to refresh it, to restore it, and to drench it again. Say amen to that. So we're looking at the mother of all parables. This is the parable of the sower. I'm taking my time. This is part 18. Obviously, we're going through it. And the reason why I take my time and I, and I teach in a way that is methodical and I'm building upon is line upon line, line upon line, precept upon precept. The reason why I, I do it this way, one, I'm called to do it, but two is I believe that this way is very effective because as humans, it takes us sometimes a long time to get it. And so we, we don't get it the first time. I told you to enter into God's rest. I told you to resist the cares of this world, the love of money and selfish desires. But yeah, you heard it, but you, you didn't really get it. And so as I keep going and driving this home and the Holy Spirit keeps ministering to you about it, you can get to the point where you are truly resting in God. Put in the chat, I learned how to rest in God. So let's talk about it. 
So Jesus taught a parable. The disciples didn't really understand it. They said, Jesus, can you explain it to us? And this is what Jesus said in the explanation. Mark chapter 4, verses 13 through 20. The farmer is like someone who takes God's teaching, which is the seed. God is the farmer. And he sows it down inside of people. Now the people are the soil. And sometimes the seed falls along the path. And that's like the people that hear the word of God, but their understanding is unfruitful. And because they don't understand it, then what happens? Uh-oh, they're susceptible to Satan. Satan comes immediately and snatches away the word that was sown in their heart. Now, other people are like the seed, that, the seed that's planted on rocky ground. What's up with these people? Well, these are the people that hear the word of God and they quickly and gladly accept it, right? Oh, you better preach, right? They're real loud. They get excited. You know, they they get they get on the phone, girl, oh my God, church was so good today. Yeah, but they don't allow the word of God to go deep into their lives. And so as a result, as soon as trouble comes, the persecution comes because of the word, they're quick to give up. And so other people like see that's planted amongst the thorny weeds. And that's what we're looking at today. These are the people that hear the teaching, but they have allowed their lives to become full of other things. Oh man, what are the other things. Jesus said, well, the cares of this world, the love of money and selfish desires. Uh Oh, what happens? Well, these other things, they grow up like weeds and choke out the word and the word doesn't produce. But then some people are like good ground. Say good ground. Say I am good ground. What happens with good ground? Well, good ground, all the good ground does is it doesn't do what the other three did. (laughs) So the good ground understands it. Got it. I received the word and I understand it. I got to have a level of understanding. You will never maximize what you do not understand. Got it. Okay. The good ground what, what does it do, do as uh, opposite of the second one? Well, it allows the word of God to go deep. So Lord, I, I'm, I'm going to give you my life beyond the surface level. I don't just have surface level Christianity. Uh, yeah, trouble can come, persecution come. I'm not going to give up. And then uh, uh, with the third ground, I'm not going to allow the kids of this world or the love of money or selfish desires to, to be competing priorities to keep me from receiving the word of God. I'm learning how to rest. And so the good ground just rests in what God said. And what happens? It produces a harvest, sometimes 30 times more, sometimes 60 times more, and sometimes 100 times more. So yesterday, or the last couple of days, I shared with you Mark chapter 4, verses 26 to 29, where Jesus told another parable about how the kingdom of God is like this man, and he scatters seed, and he throws it out there, and the seed goes down into the ground. And day or night, whether he's up or whether he's sleeping, he doesn't know how, the seed is always working. And then it produces first the sprout, then the stalk, then the then the, the ear, and then the full corn that's in the ear. And then he gets the sickle. Why? Because it's harvest time. But the point is, I was driving home the fact that you don't have to understand how God is going to do it. You just need to rest in the fact that God is doing it. While the guy was sleeping or while he was awake, he could have been doing something else. The word was always working. So we need to learn how to rest in God, knowing that God is working even when we don't see him working. So I said all of that to just, that was all the setup, right? (laughs) Now I can start. What does this mean for you today on this Friday morning? So what does this mean for you today? I have nine things to share with you on this Friday morning, and then I'm going to release you into this weekend. You ready? Nine things. Number one, here we go. The writer of Hebrews told us, I've done a lot of teaching on this. Hebrews chapter four, verse 11, that we ought to labor to enter into God's rest. Labor to enter into God's rest. What does that mean? He's saying that you got to work hard on not working. I told you yesterday that this is actually one of the hardest things for me to do. One of the hardest things for me, if God wants me to go do something, I'll do it. If God wants me to go write a proposal, I'll write it. Uh, Fill out a resume, I'll write it. Submit something, go do a presentation, I'll do it. Even at the risk of looking foolish. But when God says, no, son, I got it. Like, I don't need you to do nothing. You've done everything I needed you to do. Good job, son. Now I just need you to wait. 
and just wait right here. Let me do what I do. Oh my God, that's like the hardest thing for me to do, right? And what I'm saying, we got to labor to enter into God's rest. We have to, we have to labor. We have to labor to get to the point where I'm not taking on the pressure to perform. I know that I've done whatever God wanted me to do. And now I just have to wait on God to do what he does. And, and God's timing is perfect. And I know that I wanted it by now and go, God, I would have never expected it to take this long, but, but you know, I'm still believing God. And, and, and people ask me about it. I say, yeah, I still believe it's a done deal. It's only a matter of time. And I'm like, oh, good. I really didn't want it to take this long. But at the end of the day, I'm not going to take on the pressure to perform. I'm not going to come up with a plan B. I'm not going to put my hands on it. I'm not going to take on the cares of this world, the love of money, or selfish desires. I'm not going to mess it up. I'm going to let you do what you do. And that's not easy for humans. It's not. Especially not people like me, right? I mean, like I, I'm in, you know, that people say there's like type A personalities. I'm like an A++, right? So there's people out there that are go-getters, right? Anybody there, go-getter online, put that, like you, you ever seen somebody that's a go-getter? Well, the problem with go-getters is that they want to go get it. Yeah, a go-getter just wants to go get it. And if God says, no, I don't want you to do anything. I just need you to rest. Oh, that's hard for go-getters because we want to go get it. In this world, like, you know, there's like this spotlight on, on us and our performance. And you have to do this and you have to do that. In this world, people will say stuff like, hey, you know, here, nothing is given to you. You got to earn it. Remember when LeBron James finally won his first uh, championship? I'm not throwing no shade. You know what I'm saying? I mean, when he brought that championship back back to uh, uh, Cleveland, I'm sorry. He wrote this letter. And he said that, you know, in Cleveland, in, 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 in Cleveland, in Ohio, where, where I'm from, he says, nothing is given to you. If you want something, you have to go get it. Everything is earned. You have to work hard. There's a sweat of your brow. And when you say stuff like that, people are like, yeah. But the grace of God is counterintuitive to that. Because God, God will be like, hey, son, hey, daughter, there's things that I have for you that I don't want you to earn by the sweat of your, the sweat of your brow. There's things that I've set up for you that is not about you. So there's things that I'm your father and I want to do for you. And so what I need you to do is I need you to learn how to rest. And while you're sleeping, whether you're awake or not, the word will still be working. And man, you got to learn how to do that. Like, I mean, the grace life is not, it is counterintuitive, especially for people that were raised religious, because I was raised religious and religious people, you're told to do stuff. And, and when, when you're living the grace life, you have to learn how to not do stuff. You have to learn how to not put your hands on stuff that God didn't tell you to put your hands on and only to do what God leads you to do. And that's not the easiest thing in the world, but you're going to learn it. Keep listening to me long enough. You're going to learn the grace life. Say, put this in the chat. Say, I live the grace life. Number two, resting in God is not about just inactivity. I told you yesterday, resting in God is not about doing nothing. It means that you are working while you're resting and you're resting while you're working, but you're relying on the grace of God. You're not, you're not working for grace. You're working by grace. And while you're working by the grace of God, you're trusting God. So you're, you're like, okay, Lord, I'm only going to do what you tell me to do. I'm going to go where you tell me to go. And, and, and I'm, I'm not going to take on the pressure to perform. And I will go into whatever area arena you want me to go into. I'm willing to put in the work, Lord. I mean, I'm, I'm not lazy. I will put in the work, but I'm also going to not do the things that you don't want me involved with. And so, so when you do it that way, you, what you will find is that you will actually work harder than you've ever worked, but it won't be you doing it. People ask me all the time. I mean, oh, Brother Pena, Rick, how in the world 
Do you do all the things that you do? You're involved with this. You're involved with that. You're involved with this. You're involved with that. Like right now, we're about to, like, you know, we, I just moved to Inspire. We got a bunch of stuff going on. My son just graduated from high school. We just filled out all of this stuff for college. We got, we're about to go to the Dominican Republic. We have a, a church inauguration over there. Then we have the back to school drive that's going on. But at the same time, I'll be on vacation. And then we got, and like all of this stuff is like a gazillion things are going on at the same time. And we got to do that. And then when I come back, we have, you know, all of bro. But how do you do it, Brother Pena? You know what? It's the grace of God. Like, like you, when you enter into God's rest and you don't take on the pressure to perform, you will work harder than you've ever worked, but it won't be you doing it. You will sleep well. You won't be pulling your hair out and you will experience the favor of God. The favor of God will go before you. I'm telling you, that's what I'm teaching on today is the grace life. Number three, the highest form of faith is rest. Put in the chat, the favor of God goes before me. That's a good one. Say the favor of God goes before me. I'm going to talk more about favor in a minute. The highest form of faith is rest. This is Hebrews chapter four, verse 10. There's this promise of rest that still remains. The highest form of faith is rest. What, what happens when I'm resting? I believe that as it relates to that thing that God told me, and God already told me, hey, son, you've already done everything you need to do. Now it's not on you no more. I'm working on this person. I'm working on that person. This stuff I'm, I'm doing for you. I'm resting. As it relates to that thing, it's already done. I have it. Like I, in the spirit, I can see it. Mm, it's palpable. I can taste it. I know it's done. It's already done, but I can't make it happen. So God will, you know, God told me to chill and just rest. So I rest. So as far as that's concerned, I believe it's already done. Oh, Brother Pena, do you have it? No, I don't have it. You know, has it been manifested in the natural? No, but in the spirit, I see it. I know it's already done. So now I'm resting. And so now I'm resting in what God promised. And I know that day or night, whether I'm up or not, the word is still working. God is doing what he needs to do. And so now when I'm resting like that, God is free to go do whatever he wants to do. Brother Pena, what does this have to do with this parable? It has a whole lot to do with this parable because the parable is saying, if you don't rest, what do you do? You take on the cares of this world. Oh my God. Now, now this happened. What, what does this mean about what God said? Oh, babe, I'm sorry. I know God said this and we've been waiting on it, but the economy changed or now we lost some money or now we don't have this or now we don't have that. And so, so now I'm taking on the cares of this world or the love of money, or I'm going after something else and I have selfish desires and these things grow up like weeds and the weeds will choke out the word. And so no, while you're waiting on God to do what he said he would do in your life, you got to rest so that God can work unhindered. Say this, say God is free to work in my life unhindered. What you want is a heart that is free of weeds. So that the word is in your heart. They're weeds though. And so the text says, what you don't want to do is produce weeds that will choke out the word. And so, no, I'm not. What are the weeds again? I keep telling you the love of money, the cares of this world and the lust for other things. Okay, Lord, I'm going to keep reminding myself, this is what you said. I'm going to rest in what you, I don't want anything else. I'm not going to have a lust for other things when you told me that this is the thing. I'm the, I want what you want for me, right? I'm not going to take on the pressure or the cares of this world. I'm not, and it's not about money. Money is my servant and money is not my master. And so Father, you are my source and I rest in you. When you get to that point, now God is free to do what, what he wants to do in your life because you're not producing weeds. Put this in the chat. I no longer produce weeds. Now, Here's the thing. Let's be honest. Real talk. How many times have we produced weeds that choked out the word? How many times did we just 
we were waiting on God, but it took too long, so we came up with something else. That was the lust for other things. Or we let money. We made a money decision. We, we let money drive our decisions instead of God driving our decisions, right? Or we took on the cares of this world. Conditions changed, and because the conditions changed, we didn't believe God anymore. We did it to ourselves. We allowed the weeds to choke out the word. But say this, that will never happen to me again. All right, all right, number four. Don't allow the weeds to get in the way of the word. Jesus called the cares of this world, the love of money, and the lust for other things weeds. So you can allow it or you cannot allow it. In John chapter 14 and verse one, Jesus says to his disciples, hey guys, I'm about to tell you, I'm about to leave. But he said this, do not allow your hearts to be troubled. Do not let yourselves be afraid. Let me slow down on this point. He says, do not allow, I'm about to leave. I'm about to tell you that y'all been with me for three and a half years, but I got to go, right? And where I'm going, like, you know, I'm going to a place that I'm going to prepare a place for you, that where I am, you may be also in my father's house of many mansions. But he says, but listen, thinking about the fact that I'm leaving, do not allow your hearts to be troubled, neither let yourself be afraid. What was he saying? He said, for you to be troubled, you have to allow it. For you to, if you're troubled, if you're stressed out, you allowed it. He says, do not allow your heart to be troubled. Do not allow yourself to be afraid. Fear is a choice. Faith is a choice. Worry is a choice. Rest is a choice. And God will allow whatever you allow. God will permit whatever you permit. Oh God, why did you let my brother be so stressed out? Well, because he allowed his heart to be troubled. He allowed his heart to be afraid. God will allow whatever you allow. God will permit whatever you permit. And so, so, so you have to tell your feelings how to feel. You got to take control of your own heart. You can't, you cannot allow yourself to be troubled. You cannot, you can trouble your trouble by not being troubled by it. And so you have to allow, God will allow whatever you allow. God will permit whatever you permit. So choose wisely. Say amen to that. If you, if you allow yourself to be troubled and be afraid, what are you doing? Now you're taking on the cares of this world and other things and you're growing weeds. Now, resting, number five, resting in God will keep you from getting frustrated. What is frustration? Frustration, by definition, is a feeling of dissatisfaction, often accompanied by anxiety or depression, resulting from unfulfilled needs or unresolved problems. Okay, Brother Pena, will there be times in my life where I feel like I have unfulfilled needs or unresolved problems? <laughs> Yes. What are you going to do in that, in that situation? You can still have divine rest. So when you are in that situation, if you meditate on the, on the circumstance of the situation or the trouble, then yeah, you're going to feel terrible. You're going to get frustrated. But if you learn how to rest and believe that while I'm up or while I'm asleep, the word is still working, then you have to enter into God's rest concerning it. See, what you don't want to do is you don't want Satan to creep into your heart to the point where you get so frustrated that you give up caving and quit. Because at that point, you've given up on the harvest and it's not God's fault. You, In other words, you quit. You gave up on God. God will never give up on you, but you gave up on God because you'd allowed frustration to set in. Put in the chat, I will never give up on God. Number six, resting in God's rest. I'm resting in God's rest. What does that mean? It means that I'm finding peace in the midst of uncertainty. Let me go back to this parable. It actually means that I have peace in the midst of uncertainty. I, I'm actually certain of things that I cannot see. 
It's, it's like I am convinced of things that I cannot prove. That's faith, right? And so let's go back to the farmer. The farmer can't see. Once the seed is in the ground, the farmer can't see the seed working. Can't see it. The farmer can't prove to anybody, hey, look, the seed is working. <laughs> can't prove it. Can't see it. But the farmer is certain that is working, even though he can't see it. it the, the farmer is, is resting in the fact that, that under the ground, although he can't see it, the unseen realm, listen, you got to get to the point where the unseen realm is more real to you than the seen realm, where you are certain of things that you cannot see, where you are fully persuaded of things that you cannot validate with your five physical senses, that you are believing God, that God spoke some things in your heart, and that is more real to you than the things that you see with these eyes, that you are resting in God, and you're not going to allow the cares of this world, the love of money, or anything else to keep you from receiving that harvest. Say this, I'm going to hold on until harvest time. Say harvest time is coming for me. Number seven, resting in God's rest requires patience and endurance. The word patience is a Greek word that means the force of consistency. And so I am, I'm consistently consistent. It is understanding that God's timing is perfect and I got to trust in God's timing. I got to, I got to trust that God is going to do what he said he's going to do in the full, fullness of his timing. And I'm choosing to wait with an expectation of manifestation, with confidence, knowing that God is faithful to his word and God will never let me down. Number eight, resting in God's rest means that I'm opening the door. When I'm resting, it opens the door to supernatural favor and blessing. Why? Because when I'm resting, I'm showing God that I trust him and I'm positioned to where like, God, you know, there's some things I can't do. There's some things that are beyond my control but I'm open to you. And now God is free to give me divine opportunities. He's, he's free to give me divine appointments. He's free to raise up people to use their power, their ability, their influence, and their money to help me in ways that I cannot help myself. He's free to open doors for me that no man can close, close doors for me that no man can open. Why is this happening? Because I'm no longer in the way, because I'm no longer the problem, because I no longer have weeds growing in my heart, because I have my heart is weed free. And when there, there are no weeds growing in my heart, the, the word is free to just go and grow and do what God has called me to do. And so at that point, I am open to God and God is free. Why? Because I am no longer hindering God. Put in the chat, I no longer hinder God. Number nine, last point for today, and I'll let you go into the weekend. Resting in God's rest leads to a life of peace and joy and fulfillment. Once you are free from the cares of this world, brother Pena, don't you care? Haven't you seen the news? Haven't you seen? No, I don't give a care. <laughs> Like, I don't give a care. Like, even, like, you know, I just don't. I, I don't give a care. Like, God is my source. I'm good, man. So haven't you seen what's going No, relax, man. I mean, like, I see all that stuff. But remember, I'm in this world. I'm not of this world. So once you're free from the cares of this world, once you're free from the love of money, money is not my master. Money is my servant. And so once you're free from the love of money, once you're free from the cares of this world, once you're free from the lust for other things, I'm not chasing, I'm not comparing myself to anybody else. I'm not trying to compare myself to the Joneses. Uh, you know, I'm not, I'm not like, oh, the neighbor got a new car. We need to no, know I'm good. Like I, I actually enjoy the car that I have. Like once you're free from all of that stuff, what do you get to do? You get to live the grace life. And what is the grace life? At that point, you're just resting in God and God is resting in you. I am resting in God and God is resting in me. I live stress-free, without a care, with a grateful heart. And my heart is just open to do whatever God wants me to do today, however he wants me to do it today. 
And so you know what's going to happen tomorrow? Tomorrow will take care of itself. I'll deal with tomorrow when tomorrow comes. And so I'll do whatever planning God gives me and whatever he does. Look, I'm good. Like, I'm not stressed out. I'm not freaking out. I'm okay. I've entered into God's rest. And so I don't have weeds growing in my heart. Now the word of God can do what it does. It's going to reap a harvest. 30-fold, 60-fold, and some 100-fold. I love you. God loves you too, man. This is enough. I've given you already enough for today. But you know what I just explained? That grace, that stress-free, all of that, that's called the grace life. And it's how we're supposed to live. I want to close this message out with a declaration of faith. I want you to go into this weekend with your heart open to God. Lift up your voice and declare this. Say, Father, this is a season of refreshing and restoring for me. I work on not working. I don't take on the pressure to perform. I shift the spotlight from me over to you. I only do what you tell me to do. I will not allow weeds such as worries or the love of money or selfish desires to hinder the growth of your word in my heart. I do not allow my heart to be troubled. I will not be afraid. I enter into your divine rest and I'm not frustrated. I find peace in the middle of uncertainty. I am certain of things that I cannot see. I'm convinced of things that I cannot prove. So your word is working for me, even while I'm sleeping. I rest in your promises and you give me supernatural favor. You raise up people to use their power, their ability, and their influence to help me in ways that I cannot help myself. You open doors for me that no man can close. You close doors for me that no man can open. I experience a life of joy, peace, and fulfillment. I am free from the cares of this world, the love of money, or selfish desires. Therefore, greater is coming for me. I declare this by faith in Jesus' name. Amen. This is today's word. Tomorrow I'm going to have another one. Well, Monday I have another one. So please apply it and prosper. If you're not getting these messages, you don't, if you're not getting my notes, why not? You get them for free. Go to todaysword.org, click on the big red subscribe button, put in your email address. You're going to get all my notes in your email inbox every day for free. I love you. God loves you more. Listen, as you head into this weekend, this Friday, so I just want to remind you about this new book that I have out. I'm getting all these testimonies. It's called Grace-Based Success. You want to get the book, go to rickpina.co and get the book. If you don't have the affirmations books, get those. If you don't have Level Up Your Life, get that. I'm putting all this stuff out there. I love you. God loves you more. Have a great weekend. Greater is coming for me. I'll see you guys on Monday. God bless you. If you enjoyed this content and you would like to know more about our ministry or you would like to partner with us in what we're doing in the Caribbean, being a blessing to Haitian children in the Dominican Republic, then please go to ripministries.org. You'll be able to find out more information there. And if you'd like to make a donation, all the donations are tax deductible in the United States. A few months ago, the Lord impressed it upon my heart to set up a coaching and mentorship program. And Isabella and I set that up. And so now we make ourselves available on three different levels for those that want access to us and to learn things about maximizing your potential, increasing your personal productivity and fulfilling your life's purpose. If you're interested in that, go to patreon.com forward slash Rick Pina. And then lastly, the Lord impressed it upon my heart to write several books and journals 
to help people grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Please go to rickpina.co if you don't have our material, and there's also apparel there as well. Listen, thank you for being a blessing to us. We pray that our ministry will continue to be a blessing to you.